answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Founder of the Forever 15 Project, a nonprofit that my wife Janelle and I started after the passing of our son Noah. On August 21st, Noah died as a result of fentanyl poisoning. More specifically, illicit fentanyl poisoning. Um, he was 15 years old. He was a sophomore at Johnson High School in Hayes County. He was murdered by a, a drug dealer selling counterfeit Percocet pills. The pill he took contained eight milligrams of fentanyl, which is four times the lethal, lethal dose. Four times the lethal dose. That's a heartbreaking story. Feb 23, 2023. The man speaking, Brandon Dunn, the father of Noah, who took that Percocet pill they obtained, obviously, from a friend. It's a prescription drug. But neither the friend nor he knew it had been laced with fentanyl. He died at the age of 15, so... Noah's father, Brandon, and his mother now form this Forever 15 project, trying to get the word out. You got to warn your kids. You got to warn your kids that fentanyl is everywhere. You might think you're taking something that's not that big of a deal, but if it's been laced with fentanyl, you might be taking your last breath. And of course, the fentanyl is getting into this nation so much now because it's coming out of China into Mexico and then coming across with smugglers as they continue to flood our border. And this administration is doing nothing to stop it. They basically open border. Come on in. Bring your drugs, your sex trafficking of children. There's a Texas state representative, Eddie Morales, a Democrat. His area covers 700 miles of the border around El Paso. And he says, we've got to put a stop to this. We don't have the resources in place, either from the state or the federal government, to be able to address the number of immigrants and migrants that are crossing. We have been privy to a number of videos and a number of information that shows that there's over 100,000 migrants just ready for Title 42 to end. We don't have the resources and we don't have the manpower to be able to handle that. So, what is it that you are asking? I know you've written a letter to the governor. In my letter, what I'm referencing is that we need, the major focus of it is these initiatives that are trying that we're trying to, to, to propose to the governor, we need to take into account that I'm proposing them because Congress has failed to act. Now, he just threw it into Congress and making it a bigger issue rather than looking at what's right in his face. He said they're expecting 100,000 across the border from El Paso to come across May 11. When the Biden administration ends Title 42, the Public Health Authority, and the DHS is reporting, expect 400,000 a month, 400,000 a month. Well, Mayor Pete finally made it to East Palestine. Now they've got another disaster. Mayor Pete shows up not in a talking mood, as one reporter quickly learned. 
Nifty, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to these Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the, the, the slow response? To the government's slow response, do you have any apology? I'm press person, I can help you. Sure, I'm sure, sure, sure. So can, can, can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening here? And can we also ask you why it, why, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance. This is a very important question that people across America would like to know. Yeah, and it's very well done by Savannah Hernandez for Turning Point, saying people want to know. And the answer you're getting, not directly from Mayor Pete, uh, it's his personal time. And don't don't interrupt us while he's walking. And she's right. He showed up after Trump arrived yesterday. He should have uh, been here a long time ago. Boot edge edge. You know, you call him boot edge edge. That's the way. Uh, he should have been here a long time ago. Now, he was supposed to come today, but he heard I was coming today and he postponed it. But whenever he comes, he's got to do his job. And if we didn't come, they never would have come. They made a statement they will they will not come. When he saw that I was coming, Pop, you know what happened? He said, we better get people there right away. So, and FEMA's great. You know, I had a great relationship with FEMA. Yeah, but FEMA was not going in under the Biden administration, even though the second letter in FEMA stands for emergency. They didn't send them in. President, Former President Trump said, we're acting like a third world nation with Pete as transportation secretary and Biden in the White House. So let's go back to the reporter still trying to get some kind of question and answer from Pete and his traveling non-talking staff. President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance. This is a very important question that people across America would like to know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Well, I'm sorry, we're on a public area, uh, so we are allowed as press. You guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're on my camera. Well, I'm on a camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you're the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. Why why is it aggressive? On behalf of the American people, I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump came. He's asked them three several times for them to turn the cameras off, and they will not do it. Now, that guy was with them, and he's turning to a state trooper. Hey, we told them to turn the camera off, but they won't do it. As the reporter pointed out, we're on public property. We're asking questions the American people deserve some answers for. And the press secretary says, I'll talk to you, but not in the camera. God, are these people clueless and inept. The people of East Palestine got water delivered by Trump. They bought food for first responders. He's doing something. China has now more intercontinental ballistic missile sites and launchers than we do. Russia no longer wants limits on how many missiles they have. Are we moving closer to a major conflict with China, Russia, both? In other words, a major conflict that could quickly escalate to World War III. And how many missiles do we have? And how many is Russia supposed to have? And how how are we going to fight off any attack if it comes? Those are the questions I'm posing to my next guest. Lock and load. Ready. On the right.
Hundreds of homeowners and businesses had or will have water main breaks. Wellington Environmental has a warning. You can clean up the water, but if you're not checking areas where the water leaked in the walls where you can't see it, you could end up exposing your family, your employees, your clients to hazardous mold. Wellington Environmental reminds you, if that mold is not detected, properly treated, removed, that is a risk, a liability you do not want. Wellington clients, including hospitals and schools, trust Wellington to make their environments safe. Call 314-644-4930. 644-4930. A rating with the Better Business Bureau. 314-644-4930. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner. Better. Safer. Be well with Wellington. You can text Larry right now at Larry Connors USA Facebook. Larry Connors USA Facebook. Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. Welcome back, my guest we've had on before and always glad to have her back. She's an expert with Heritage Foundation when it comes to nuclear deterrence and our nuclear arsenal. Patty Jane Geller, glad once again to have you with us. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. It's great to be back on the show. Well, let me break down some things. First of all, the decision the other day for Russia to drop the START Treaty Help folks get a thumbnail sketch of exactly why that's so important. What does it mean? Sure. So New START is the last remaining arms control treaty between the U.S. and Russia. Uh, what it does it, is it limits the number, the total number of nuclear weapons that each uh, state can have. Uh, it also enables inspections. You know, it allows the U.S. to go over into Russia and look at the missiles they've got, um, data exchanges, and, and talks about our nuclear arsenals and um, now, in its, its latest you know, move of nuclear saber rattling, Russia has said it will no longer uh, participate in the treaty. So that might mean that they could go over the um, nuclear warhead limits or they, they won't allow inspections or any of those talks, those useful things uh, that we've been, we've been relying on for the last several years. Well, two things come to mind quickly. Of course, uh, the attitude uh, has always been trust but verify, as Reagan was saying and Bush mm-hmm. echoing it. Uh, what is the number of missiles each nation is allowed to have to begin with? And we're talking about nuclear capability, right? Ballistic right. missiles? Okay. Right, nuclear. So each nation is allowed to have uh, 1,550 um, deployed nuclear weapons, and those can be armed on uh, missiles, you know, either land-based or sea-based missiles uh, in, in different distributions. Um, so those are those are kind of missiles that can reach each other's homeland. Um and but I will note that New Start it actually is not a great treaty to begin with because right. it does not limit the the tactical nuclear weapons that Russia has. Russia's got about two thousand of these smaller nuclear weapons, not ones that could hit the U.S. homeland, but that would be used in Ukraine or against the NATO state, for example. And, and how and how does that also affect the so-called uh, luggage nuclear bombs? It could be basically put in some luggage and backed by mule over a mountain somewhere. 
Right, right. They could. That's one example. And you know, Russia, Russia actually puts nuclear weapons on everything. They, they love those things. They can. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> torpedoes. Yeah. Uh, even some of their defensive systems could technically be armed with nuclear weapons. Uh, and the U.S. doesn't do those kinds of things anymore. So when Biden took office, I, I'm looking at a piece that you wrote originally published in 19, the title of the publication, 1945. Uh, that you pointed out when Biden took office, he agreed to extend the new start through 2026, acknowledging there were flaws inside it at that point. Uh, what were the main flaws? And by Putin saying, to hell with it, we're out of it anyway, what was better or worse, to be in with flaws or to restart? Start. Restart. Right. Start. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So some of the, the flaws, uh, one I just mentioned is that it doesn't, New START doesn't limit thousands of Russian nuclear weapons that the U.S. doesn't have. And, you know, Russia has surely noted that and has been developing these kinds of nuclear weapons not covered by the New START um, treaty to gain an advantage. Um, and, and so the, the real pr- issue is President Trump at the end of his term had, had come close to a better deal with Russia that would have, um, limited all of those nuclear weapons. And so the, the real problem with Biden deciding to extend New Star is that he, he bailed on all of the Trump administration's progress uh, and decided to go along with the, the flawed deal. So now we're in a tough spot. Um, you know, it's, it's the only thing we've got, so we, we want to be able to have these inspections with Russia, but it's not a great treaty to begin with, as, as what, you mentioned. What, what, you know, what was Trump proposing to make it better at the time? So I, I mentioned um, New START doesn't cover Russia's tactical nuclear right. weapons. They can have as many as they want. Yes, the Trump deal would have been to to put a limit on um, on these nuclear weapons as well. Everything, the, not okay. just yeah. Now, first of all, this fifteen hundred and fifty uh, decades ago, I remember in college we were having debates over nuclear weapons, and basically at that time, and we're talking about just Russia and the U.S. right now. I want to get to China in a moment, but Russia mm-hmm. and China at that, I mean Russia and the U.S. at that time had more than enough missiles, nuclear f- missile capability to destroy the Earth, if I remember the stats, 20, 40, 60 times over. I mean, in other words, way overkill. And once it started, right. it was going to be over. That's right. Um, and and that is, that's no longer the case. Um, it seems like that 1,550 number is kind of the bare minimum that the U.S. needs to deter Russia. Um, and it's kind of weird to assign numbers to nuclear deterrence, but you know, when the, when the United States, if we were to get into a nuclear war, the plan would be for the U S to hit Russia's nuclear weapons to try and prevent them from using more. So 1500, we decided was the number we needed to take out uh, all the targets we needed to in Russia. That's, and so, that's assuming we launch first, but if they launch first, they're going after our same targets plus major areas of DC, New York, things of that nature. Correct. Right, exactly, right. So you have to be able to, to win in that conflict either way. All right, now, we, we know, of course, uh, the difficulties we're having Russia at this point, but now we're seeing China and Russia draw closer together, China acting like it's trying to negotiate, help bring an end to the Ukrainian war and would be some benefactor as a result of it anyway. But you also wrote a piece uh, back in uh, earlier this very month, basically, that China has surpassed the number of intercontinental ballistic missiles that we have. That's right. Uh, we heard news that China now has more uh, launchers to to put 
uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles in than the U.S. has. And, you know, that doesn't mean they have a bigger overall nuclear force, but it means they're getting there. You know, this is, this is one step uh, as part of China's massive nuclear expansion. And it seems like they're trying to um, equal the U.S., if not surpass the U.S., in all of our, our nuclear forces, and that's going to come with some severe dangers to U.S. national security. I'm glad you re-emphasize, you're listening to Patty Jane Geller of the Heritage Foundation, an expert on nuclear deterrence and our weapons. I'm glad you re-emphasize, uh, we're talking about they've got more missile launchers, not more missiles yet, but why would you have a missile launcher unless you're going to put a missile on it? Exactly. So, so that was the you know the technical part of the announcement. But we know that it's just a matter of time before China puts puts missiles in those launchers. Now they have some already. I mean, uh, that probably already. Well, you tell me. You're the expert. Aimed at Taiwan. Right, aimed at Taiwan. In addition to Western world locations, us and others. That, that's correct. So that announcement was about China's. Uh, intercontinental m- missiles, so ones that would hit the U.S., but it's also got hundreds of shorter-range missiles aimed at Taiwan uh, and Japan and also the, the U.S. territory of Guam out in the Indo-Pacific where we've got uh, about 170,000 U.S. citizens. We have had uh, numerous reports of how bad our military is staffed right now and often, and I would agree, probably blamed on all the woke ideology of CRT and everything else has to be put in place, classes on genders and things of this nature, rather than actually preparing for war. We don't want to be in a war, but you have a defense to protect your nation so you don't have to go to war. Are right. We, how close are we at this point? I talked to some guys the other day, and they're all convinced that we're just, we're just inches away from maybe the next step. Right. It's, it's my opinion that we are, we are not prepared to prevent the next war. Um, each year, Heritage actually puts out the index of U.S. military strength where we rate uh, all of our military forces against the threats in terms of their capability, uh, their size, and their readiness. And, and for the first time in nine years, we rated the military as weak overall. So, you yeah, know, it's, the, it's not just... And that, that's uh, I know that's Dakota Woods' work. And in fact, he's going to be... Uh, as a guest at one of our functions at the station to address that along with Senator Talent, uh, uh, things uh, that should not be told, but basically it's already there. It's just reminding people that where we stand and we are we are failing. We, it didn't just happen overnight. You can't just put it on Biden, though, can you? That's true. This, this goes back. Um, this goes back to, you might remember, uh, sequestration during the Obama administration when there had to be major cuts to defense. Uh, you know, th- things like that have led to, we like to call it a hollow force where um, our capabilities are really old. You know, we're, we're, we're still using a lot of Cold War era equipment versus, you know, state of the art 21st century technology. Uh, and we don't have enough. We don't have our Navy is too small. Uh, our Air Force is too small. Um, you know, and it, you hate to say we need to spend more money and, and buy more things, but it's, it's truth if, like you said, we want to be ready to we prevent to, the war. We seem to be willing to spend money to protect Ukraine. I think we should begin by protecting our homeland. That's right. We, we need to be doing uh, much more to protect the U.S. homeland. Um, deterring wars with Russia, deterring wars with China, and having actual d- defenses over here to prevent you know missiles from flying in, and then not to mention balloons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there's, then there's a balloon issue. Now, the uh, the other point is, if something starts unfolding, what, what if there's an accident of some type? Uh, how prepared are we to quickly communicate and discover that it's an accident and, and our ability to shoot down an incoming ballistic missile if it was never intended to be launched, or at the other end, their ability to destroy it and it won't uh, cause a nuclear disaster in the process? Good, good question. So I'll talk a little bit about our the homeland missile defenses we have. We have a very, very limited capability to defend the country from nuclear missiles. Um, the missile defense system is really designed to only be able to protect the country from maybe a North Korean threat um, or an, an accidental unauthorized launch from Russia. So that we should be able to protect the country from. But any sort of major attack from Russia or China, um, we will not be able to defend at all. This this is kind of thing that keeps a lot of people awake at night, and uh, I think we've just planted the seed that maybe there are going to be a lot more people not sleeping that well. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I I hope that the more the more people learn about what's actually going on, the more support we'll have for uh, a stronger U.S. military. You mentioned the money. Always, it comes down to the money, but you also have to have an understanding of the mission and leadership. Where do you think we stand there? I think there's certainly room for improvement. You know, you mentioned all of the CRT stuff going on in the military. Uh, you know, that's, those kinds of policies are a distraction from what the, the military should be doing, which is war fighting, um, you know, building up our, our forces. So I think we, we do need, we'll need more, more money to, to buy these better equipment, but we also need to fix some of those policies in the military and make sure our leadership gets on the, the right track. So basically, we're behind on missile launchers compared to China. Our equipment's old. China's probably newer. Russia is old, new. Are they coming to take you away? I hear the siren. Maybe they're coming to. That's not an air raid siren. Not an air raid siren, right? Okay. No, not an air raid siren. All right. Yeah. Just noisy in Washington. Thank you very much for your time. We'll do it again. Patty Jane Geller with the Heritage Foundation, expert on nuclear weapons. Thank you for your time. All right, thank you so much for having me. You bet. It's hard to find a car you like, but here's an easier way. AckermanToyota.com. In a flash, you're going to see new and pre-owned. You can quickly select which model you want, price, colors, options, get details on financing, lifetime oil changes, lifetime engine warranty. Just click AckermanToyota.com, AckermanToyota.com, Ackerman Toyota at Hampton, just north of Interstate 44, Ackerman Toyota for life. John Beal is a roofing company trusted all over the Midwest, but also has a national reputation. John Beal is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor. Less than 1% of roofing contractors in the nation meet that professional standard. Now, that's pretty amazing. But John Beal also guarantees you the lowest price. John Beal Personal Service, always going above and beyond. Homeowner, business owner, call John Beal. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF.
This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. The state of West Virginia is now the 12th campus carrying state in the union. Governor Jim Justice, a Republican, had said when that House Bill 2412 gets to his desk, he'll sign it within a matter of seconds, which he did yesterday. And now West Virginia joins Arkansas, Colorado, Georgia, Idaho, Kansas, Mississippi, Oregon, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wisconsin as allowing students to carry on campus. Some, of course, are concerned about armed students with concealed carry permits. The response from Governor Jim Justice, I would trust them a whole lot more than somebody running onto a campus with maybe an illegal firearm or whatever they might have. So I'm proudly signing this legislation. Yes, students are going to have to be careful with their weapons, trained in them properly. But still, if there's a campus shooting, you're going to call somebody with a gun. They may get there in time to save lives. They may not. But if a student is in the classroom and is also carrying, well, then maybe they put an end to the shooting right then. I know there are a lot of questions about carrying guns on the college campuses, students. But you still have mass shootings and shootings taking place from time to time. And the only way to stop a shooter, unless they just give up or turn the gun on themselves, is to call somebody with guns to stop him with a bullet or more or convince him he has to give up. You ready for a mystery? This one is twisted mystery. It really is. It involves a death that happened last May. Former President Bill Clinton's special advisor, Mark Middleton. Now, he had reportedly signed Jeffrey Epstein, yep, that same one, into the White House seven out of the 17 times he visited. Well, last May, he was found hung from a tree, shot dead, in the chest, the sheriff's report said he died by suicide. What? What? And they said there was no weapon evident. The sheriff's report said we could see he had a gunshot wound to the chest. He had a knot tied to an extension cord around his neck attached to the limb directly above him. Now, again, Middleton signing Epstein into the White House, the same Epstein who had the Lolita Express that Bill Clinton traveled on a few times, tied to the Bill Clinton and Clinton family, of course, and the Epstein case. Epstein, remember, committed suicide in jail. <laughs> Excuse me, I did. Well, I yeah, that's what they say. And then we have this mysterious death. Well, now, suddenly, they're reporting, even though the initial report said back in May, he had a gunshot wound to the chest, but no weapon was found nearby. Now they say there was a 12-gauge shotgun found 30 feet, 30 feet from his body. Shooting yourself with a shotgun is easier than a rifle, maybe not quite as long of a reach, but still difficult. And then for the shotgun to end up 30 feet away, and it was overlooked when police were first investigating it back in May of last year. The additional papers written by a sergeant go to great length to ensure it was suicide. 
say the guy was standing on a bench, tying an electrical cord around his neck, and then shot himself in the chest. He pulled the trigger. It discharged, hit him in the chest. He fell from the bench and then hung himself. Yeah, that's quite a twisted story, isn't it? Speculation room is open for conversation. Now, let me share another kind of a twisted story in a way, you might call it, that involves Larry Connors, yours truly, and the Chinese premier. Now, I'm telling you, it's not exactly what you might rush to judgment on, but it is another kind of twisted story. You decide. Guess I should admit at some point that I have something in common with the Chinese premier. No, not not that I like Chinese food. That's probably common, too. But to be fully transparent, as the Biden administration claims it is, (laughs) I have something in common with the Chinese premier. at least to this extent. You know that we at one time broadcast this program also on YouTube. YouTube sent us warnings. We didn't like what you did. You do it again, we'll shut you off for a period of time. They did, and we resumed, and they said, all right, another strike, we'll cut you off entirely, which they did. Fine. We moved to Rumble, and we're doing great thanks to you. Thanks to you. But Premier Xi uh, has kind of been the target of a YouTube channel that satire, creating satire about the Chinese dictator. It's called Reuters Xi O Fan Key or something like that. It's been up for years satiring the Chinese dictator. Internet freedom advocates are concerned the channel was taken down by the Chinese Communist Party censors who weaponized YouTube's copyright infringement rules. Radio Free Asia noted that the final video from the channel appears to have been a spoof of a news broadcast that mocked Xi for attempting to become an emperor and for claiming honorary university degrees when his actual education is elementary school level. Maybe that's where he and I are together. (laughs) But again, they took down this YouTube channel that was mocking and creating satire. So it's not so much, I guess, I have things in common with she, but I have things in common with those who are making fun of him. But he probably wouldn't like what we were saying about him either, then nor now. Another outlet pointed out on Twitter that the free world should do something to prevent Beijing from extending its censorship tentacles outside China. If you want to go down that road, you need to start at TikTok. I'm not... I don't have a TikTok app on my phone, but I see videos pop up on a Facebook feed or Instagram or something like that from time to time. And then I later see as I watch it, it's 
Some are humorous, some are cute, some have a point, some don't, some are just nonsense. Then at the end it shows TikTok. I think, well, I played another TikTok thing. If I'd known, I probably wouldn't open it. We're getting to a point where we're afraid to open anything, aren't we? And scammers can create such authentic-looking emails and things of that nature that maybe you end up calling to check, is my account really shut off? Well, let us check it, you know, and then you start giving any information. you got to be aware of that. I wonder if I should send a note to Premier Xi and say, uh, I'm sorry that they're not able to make fun of you anymore. How do you think that would go over? I can see the headlines now. Larry Connors sparked World War III. (laughs) You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Wow, already 2023, and we're getting closer to opening Napoli Sea. Unique, exquisite, focusing on the finest, freshest seafood, lobster, crab, the best caviar, with a variety of fish specials. Napoli Sea, right next door to Napoli 3 on the streets of St. Charles. Easy to satisfy your seafood craving or the finest Italian food. Napoli Sea, coming soon. Joining Napoli 3 in St. Charles, Town and Country, and Clayton. This is Larry. Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. We have talked before about that there are those in Hollywood that are religious. Uh, they may be Jewish, they may be Christian, uh, they may be Muslim, but they pretty well keep their faith quiet because sometimes that doesn't fly very well in Hollywood. There's an actor I know you've seen him in numerous films, and probably one of the best that I've liked him in is Departed. The Departed. Mark Wahlberg. He was doing an interview with NBC on Ash Wednesday, yesterday. He's a Catholic actor. In fact, as he's sitting there, he has a mark of a cross on his forehead in Ash commemorating and acknowledging Ash Wednesday. And he was being asked about being true to his faith in Hollywood. He said, well, it's a balance. I don't want to jam it down anybody's throat, but I do not deny my faith. He said, that's an even bigger sin. He said, I know it's not popular in my industry, But you know, I cannot deny my faith. It's important for me to share it with people if they're interested and they want to know. He said, I realized when I got into movies that I really needed more discipline in my life. And that discipline has afforded me so many other things, and I've been rewarded for it so much. He said, faith to me is everything. Mark Wahlberg. Faith to me is everything. God didn't come to save the saints. He came to save the sinners. Basically, he said, count me in, but I'm still trying to do better. Are we all? Remember our pledge, one nation under God. 